Where did the name Bart Seagod come by, by the way? Like how much thought process and creativity went into that? Here's the thought process. I buy the monkey. I'm like, I got to do something with this. So I go on Twitter. I, I click create a new profile. I'm like, what is the most obnoxious head turning name I can pick? I want a name where as people are scrolling, they see it, they stop and go, what the hell is going on here? Who's this guy? Who does this guy think he is? And so like I made like a list of like 10 names. I think number one was like NFT Jesus, but I think that was taken. Uh, I think number three was NFT God. And so that was a, the first one available on the list, registered it and, and it's, it's the end of the story there. Calm down before you stress up the groove. The energy a little different when the blessings accrue. Hey, who you talking to? Just know I ain't no regular fool. Could be anything in the world, but I can never be you because I had time like I'm on my tiptoe. All right, what is going on, Seed Frasers? Welcome back to another video. If it's your first time on the channel, my name is Mo. I'm one of the hosts here. And on this channel, I simply go ahead and find you guys some of the brightest, coolest, and sharpest minds in the Web3 and crypto space. So just talk to them about their lessons, their journeys, and experiences. So if you want me to continue doing that for free, please make sure you just go ahead and drop a click on that subscribe button right there. Drop a like, leave a comment if you'd like so. Uh, it really helps the channel and helps me in a way you couldn't even imagine. So that's that. Second thing is we do do a free daily newsletter Monday through Friday, every single day. We do not skip. Those newsletters go over two things keeping you updated about crypto and Web3, and then keeping you educated about crypto and Web3. So, so if you're interested in any of that, go ahead and check out the link in the description. Now, for this specific episode, we brought on NFT God, somebody who I've had to do a lot of work and a lot of follow-up to get on here. So I'm glad he did, but it was definitely well worth it. We talk about his experience, his journey, how he's made hundreds and thousands of dollars flipping and buying and selling NFTs, how he went from zero to 100,000 followers as a creator, and what the next steps of his journey looks like. So um, yeah, without any further ado, let's dive right into this episode and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy. All right, welcome back guys to another episode. I guess everybody's probably been wanting to hear from NFT God, Alex, what's going on, bro? How are you? What's up, Mo? Good to be speaking to you, man. We've been uh, in touch for a while, so it's good to, be, good to be on here. We have, for anybody in the audience that wants to get in touch with NFT God, I'm I'm gonna assume he has a lot of a lot of DMs everywhere. It's probably very hard to read. So if he doesn't if he doesn't hit you back, just make sure you follow up. And that's how we got on this podcast right here. That's the first lesson. Yeah, I spend I get about 500 DMs a day, and I spend about five minutes answering DMs a day because you can just sit there for 24 hours a day answering nonstop. So if I miss you the first time, maybe the second time, we'll see. Cool. So I want to dive right into it. First thing I think is a very hot topic before we kind of get into a little bit of a story and, and who Alex is and what he's doing in the NFT project, obviously, that you pretty much just launched. So a hot topic right now is AI, right? And how AI can either help you or break you. For the game that we're in, which is Web3, and then obviously the thing you're mostly focused on right now is content creation. What are your thoughts on AI? Have you experimented with it? And do you think it's more of a help me or break me type of thing? I've definitely experimented with it. So it's obviously the hot topic of the moment. Everyone's creating content around it. Every YouTube video is how to use AI to create content, stuff like that. Uh, I, I believe it, it lies somewhere in the middle. What I mean by that is, is like, 
people are like, oh, it's going to replace everything. All jobs will be gone. Content creators are done. There's nothing left. I don't believe that. I don't think content creators are going to be replaced by AI. You know, I think what makes content really great is when it comes from the heart and when it draws from previous experiences and, you know, opinions you hold and unique perspectives and AI can't draw from your past. It doesn't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a day it can go through your Instagram and Twitter and, and actually know everything about you. But as of today, it doesn't know everything about you. And so, you know, I, I believe it creates five out of 10 content, like eh, somewhere in the middle. But like, you're not going to succeed creating five out of 10 content. Like, that's not how it works. To create like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 content, you need to create content that comes from your soul. And so, I don't believe AI is going to like replace everyone or content creators. I do believe there's interesting ways to use it to improve the creator workflow. I'm still experimenting with that. I haven't found anything truly interesting. Like I found interesting ways to like ideate and come up with new ideas with it to brainstorm, but I don't think it's replacing anyone anyone time soon. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think, um, you know, like uh, there, there's been a lot of apps obviously blowing up and now you see a lot of people starting to say, use this app, use that app, obviously. And it's like, hey, one of the biggest ones I just seen was like Twitter Hunter. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's like, hey, this tweet this, hunter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, that the advertising for is like, hey, this AI will read all of your tweets, know exactly how you sound and then help you reply to a hundred tweets or a thousand no. tweets a day. No, I uh, I tried it out. Like I did the trial because like I just had to see what's. I'm like I'm like a big Twitter guy, so I, I got to know everything. I got to know how everything works. It's I mean it's like like the first tweet it recommended that I create is like the best way to learn is to read books. You must read a book a day. You'll really learn a lot by doing this. And like yeah, it was kind of about other content I made, but like no one's gonna like that. Like it's. It, no, it's AI, it's not to the point yet. Like it advertises, it can do it, but sorry, Tweet Hunter guys, if you're listening. It's not going to make it. Not yet, at least. It's too early. Not yet, no. Um, yeah. Bro, so you started off almost a year ago, right? Pretty much no experience content creation. You kind of kicked things off as NFT God, right? Hence the name. And you were very focused. I remember when I first came across your content, it was more so about NFT projects, right? You would give it ratings, kind of talk about your trades and so on and so forth. And then you've kind of changed and adopted now into more of a, I guess, personal trainer in a sense, right? For content creation, right? And, and the whole 1% Club is about obviously improving your life in different ways, but the avenue is content creation and obviously building your brand. So... What was the reason behind that change in category and niches? And are you still actively like trading NFTs? Do you kind of see a rebrand for yourself coming anytime soon? Talk to me more about that whole journey. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. So I started tweeting on December 31st, 2021. I started tweeting on that day because on December 28th, three days earlier, I bought my Mutant Ape, which I guess is like my branding now. Yeah. And I spent $40,000 on this picture of a cartoon monkey with snot coming out of its face. And I think I can't, I gotta do something with this. I gotta like, I just gotta do something. I can't just sit here on this $40,000 cartoon picture and hope for the best. Right. So I, I, I make it my profile picture. I start tweeting. I'm just tweeting about anything. I'm tweeting about, you know, things I'm interested in projects. I'm looking at, you know, kind of standard and, um, you know, I don't really gain much traction. You know, it takes me a couple months to reach a hundred. 
Kate takes me another month to reach a thousand, you know, by from June, from January to April, I'm at like a thousand followers from April to June, I hit 5,000. So six months, 5,000 followers, not too bad. Um, and so I just start, I'm tweeting about different things. I'm experimenting. And I personally have like a passion for like self-growth. Like I read a ton and I'm always trying to learn new things. Like I'm teaching myself different programming languages. I just read a lot of different books. I'm, I'm trying to learn a lot. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start tweeting out things I'm learning, right? Like I might read a book like Atomic Habits and I'll tweet out lessons from the book that I learned. And what I found was I started gaining a little bit more traction, a little bit more traction. And I'm a big thread writer just because I, I love writing. I'm like a lifelong writing as a hobby guy. I've done blogs before and all that. And so, you know, I started writing threads, which are like the long form writing of Twitter on, you know, improvement content and stuff like that. And all of a sudden come J uh, June, so six months later, uh, I just like one of my threads goes super viral. Right. And it's a thread I wrote that was like actionable. It was like, here's what I'm learning. Here's what the actions you got to take in it. Gets like 9,000 likes. I go from 5,000 followers to 15,000 in like two days. And I'm like, okay, I think I found something here. Right. Like I started tweeting about things I really enjoy and people like it. Right. Like I think they found like an authenticity in it. And so I just leaned super hard into that. I just kept talking about, you know, the things I'm passionate about, which is self improvement, stuff like that. And people love it. And I've grown since I'm at 86K now. And so to answer your question about NFTs, where that lies in all this, I love NFTs. Like I hold a bag, I hold the mutant ape, I hold like a bunch of others. I don't actively trade anymore. Um, the reason being is I aggressively lost money when I traded from like June to August. And it's like, okay, like I'm just not going to do things that lose me money. So I don't know. Some people think I'm like fraudulent because I only hold my NFTs. I don't trade them. I'm not going to lose thousands of dollars to prove to you I'm real. So it is what it is. Uh, so I still love NFTs. I still track everything. Like I hop on NFT shows to discuss it all the time. I'm just not like a degen trading every other day, but I still like have my ear to the pavement and, and watch the space. Walk me through, like, what were you doing before you bought the Mutant Ape? Because, like, the story kind of starts out like, hey, I had 40000 I bought an ape, and now I'm on Twitter. So, like, what happened before? Were you trading? Like, did you make any gig flips? Did you mint the ape? Like, where did the 40000 come from? Talk to me about that. Yeah, this is painful. So, I discovered the NFT space in March 2021. So, about, what's that make it? Like, eight months before I bought the ape. And a friend texts me, he's like, dude, this picture of a monkey just sold for like a million dollars. Or no, no, no. He told me this picture, a crypto punk sold for a million dollars because the apes weren't out yet. I'm like, what are you talking about? How does a picture sell for a million dollars? That picture is disgusting. Who would buy this? It's like a pixelated robot. And so and I get that text from like three or four other people. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to do research. Because I'm like the tech nerd of the group. Like of my friends, everyone went into business. I went into technology. So they thought I'd find it interesting. And so uh, I do research, I'm reading about it. I stumble across this article about Sandbox. So it's like the metaverse NFT project. And I'm blown away. Like I'm like totally blown away because I'm like a lifelong gamer. And the, the idea that there's this like Minecraft game where you can build stuff and you own the assets and like it's all yours and you can monetize was like mind blowing to me. And so I hit up my friend 
and I'm who was texting me all about CryptoPunks. I'm like, dude, we have to buy NFTs. We have to. This is the future. And we buy like five plots of sandbox land for like $200 each at the time, which turned out to be like an incredible investment. Mm-hmm. And here's where we messed up. We bought those plots of land and then we just like sat on that for like <laughs> 10 months. Like we like didn't like look around the space. We didn't like see what else is going okay. on in NFT world. Like this is like right before Board Apes launched. Like if I kept that passion going and like, you know, invested in other projects other than goddamn sandbox, no offense. I would have like bought like a bunch of board apes and it would have been sick and I would have been rich, uh, but I didn't. And so I waited nine months. I'm like, screw it. I got to buy more NFTs and I bought the mutant ape and that's where we are. So the TLDR is NFT got bought sandbox instead of buying apes. And now instead of him being rich, he has to grind for it and actually make money in long term. <laughs> Now I got to like create content and give value to people, which is way more annoying than just buying pictures of monkeys and being rich. That's hilarious. I remember I actually got a similar text as well about CryptoPunks and that's how I first came about the space. I'm like, who the fuck buys this pixel thing? Like I would make one right now. Like, can I sell it for a million dollars? And then I remember watching a JRNY video, Tony Journey. And yeah, yeah. it was like, yeah, I'm buying a few fucking bored apes. Like these look cool. You know, they're not sold out. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's like the culture. And I think you guys should get in. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. There's 20x leverage on FTX. You put a thousand dollars and you actually have access to 20,000. I'd rather just go ahead and fucking lose my money there. Smart idea. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. And here we are now. No apes, no FTX. That's the best. It'll haunt me forever, man. It'll haunt me. Like, why wouldn't I just look at the other NFT projects that existed? Like, come on. Like, my my dreams were just a couple clicks away. (laughs) Literally, bro. How crazy. Uh, What has been, like, one of the biggest lessons for you in this whole, like, Web3 journey? Yeah. uh, Biggest lessons for me is if you – is long-term thinking is, like, so rare in this world. And if you just have a long-term mindset, you're going to be so ahead of like all your competition. And what I mean by that is like, I look at like a lot of other content creators in the space. I look at just like other people in the web three community. And so many people have short-term mindsets, right? Like they're building up this good account. Maybe they're growing their Twitter or something. And then they like sell out, take like a $5,000 paycheck and chill some like rug pull. And then it rugs and their brands like destroyed forever right? Or they're like building a brand and then they're like, oh, I'm going to release an NFT collection. And it's like this really poorly thought out NFT collection. It tanks in price. And now their brand is ruined just because people lost money on their NFTs. And, you know, there's so few people, everyone's trying to make like a bag right now, right now, right now. How do I get it? How do I make my money now? And so few people have long-term vision about how to truly build a real brand or build a business in the space that everything I do, I just try to push off gratification, push off whatever it is as far as humanly possible, because that's just going to put me ahead of others. And so, you know, I, I could have released a 10,000 PFP collection of cartoon squirrels a couple months ago, sold out, made a million dollars, right? But then it tanks and no one cares about me anymore. Um, but you know, what, what you really need to do in this space is if you're one of the people with the long-term vision thinking 10 years ahead, not 10 minutes ahead, 
you're going to be really set up for success, whether it's investing in projects or building a brand or creating content, whatever it is, everyone's trying to look for that quick win. If you're thinking long-term, you're ahead of everybody. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Let me ask your, I want your take on this, right? So I come from an e-commerce background. Like I've done multiple stuff figures yeah. and brands, dropshipping, obviously selling smaller e-commerce brands. And one thing I've noticed here, like that a lot of the attention is going into obviously building like some of these smaller NFT projects or kind of like getting quick money. But it's also like a lot of the things you're hearing now is like content creation, content creation, content creation. For me personally, like when I think content creation, I want to build something that I can pass on to my kids, right? Like that's at, at the stage that I'm at now. So I see you obviously transitioning also and focusing on newsletter. Then we see like the Nifty shows also focusing on the newsletter. So how or why do you think like, let me phrase the question properly here. What's more important? I guess, or how do you bridge going from a creator into an actual business, right? Because a lot of people don't really understand how long it takes for somebody to build a brand or at least even start making money off of their personal brand and what that looks like. Yeah. So in the post-internet age, what content gives you is distribution and businesses are a lot easier to build. And money is a lot easier to make when you already have a distribution channel set up, right? So pre-internet, here's the model. You create a product and then you go around and you market the hell out of the product and hope people care. And you put in a ton of work and like maybe it works, but it doesn't. Post-internet model, you have incredible leverage with content and media, right? Like content's the, the highest leverage thing you can create because I can put out a thread about how to you know, have more productive days. It takes me half an hour to write. I press send once and 10 million people see it on Twitter. That's really high leverage, right? And so the reason you create content is you create that distribution channel. For the last year, I've created content for free, given for free, done everything for free. And now I have a really powerful audience on Twitter in which now if I want to create a business or strengthen my brand, I can do, I have a ton of flexibility and freedom because I have that distribution channel, right? And so the reason you build content is it strengthens your distribution channel so that you can in the future have tons of freedom to build or sell whatever product you want, right? So I don't know what the eventual product I sell is or the business. All I'm trying to do is just slowly grow my distribution channel over time. And then when that opportunity presents itself for how I want to turn this into a business, I can, I then will have the freedom to do it because I'll have eyes on Twitter. You know, I'm working towards eyes on YouTube soon, TikTok, all that. And that's really the power that content gives you is leverage. Yeah, I love that. I definitely agree with you more. And it sounds like obviously you're trying to turn a one man show into a whole machine. So what's, what's kind of been the secret for your omnipresence, bro? Like you're tweeting every day, you're on Discord, obviously multiple times a day, you're chatting with hundreds of people, you're trying to up obviously the YouTube and the video content. What's kind of the schedule look like? What's the, what's the sauce? Schedule has been consistent since day one. So day one, it's been two tweets a day, two threads a week, a newsletter a week. I've been doing that since December 31st. Uh, you know, I, I focus completely on making those pieces of content as high quality as humanly possible, right? Like I had when I started a day job and still have a day job 
And so I'm doing this all around my career. Uh, and so I don't have a lot of time for all this. And so I need to, you know, be really efficient. So I do two tweets a day. And so I'll spend 15 minutes a night. So I'm going to do after this, you know, video call is draft out a couple tweets, you know, work on it, rewrite it, edit it, make it as powerful as possible and schedule it for tomorrow. And so that's been my strategy. I looked at the space when I got into it, you know, over a year ago and everything was quantity over quality. And so I decided to flip the script and go quality over quantity. I still believe that's a playbook that works. I don't believe a lot of people are going with that. Every big voice I see in this space does like a hundred tweets a day. So I still think there's room for people to come in, put out two really high quality pieces of content a day and build an audience. Um, so that's been my playbook. I've always had to do it around time efficiency. Um, and, and that's what that playbook allows me to do. And, you know, so, but now, you know, I'm, I'm scaling up a little bit. I started my community, the 1% club through my newsletter. I've scaled my newsletter up from zero to 16,000 subscribers. Um, I started the 1% club, which now has about 350 people in it. And now I have to spend a lot of time in the discord. So it's just all about time efficiencies and putting as much value into as list small pieces of content as possible. What do you do as a day job and when are you going to quit it? Uh, to answer the first question, I am a, I manage a team of technical consultants at a software company. Uh, it is a career I've been building. I'm 32. So I've been building it for 10 years now. Uh, I love it. It pays the bill. It allows me to live in New York city and it, at the same time, I'm able to like, what is NFT God? NFT God is two tweets a day and a newsletter a week. I can do, like, I don't need the entire day to do that. So why would I cut out a pretty decent revenue stream in order to do NFT God full-time? Um, but at the same time, my dream and honestly, my purpose in life is to build something of my own and like own my own business and put all my energy into it. So the goal is definitely to one day be doing something like that, you know, but I'm, I'm under, I kind of have the mindset that I'll make that decision when I know for a fact, the timing is right. Right. And like everything I've done has been because the opportunity has slapped me in the face and said, no, this is what you do. And I haven't been slapped in the face hard enough to think, okay, this is it. I need to do NFT God full time. I'm able to do both. So I love my job. I love everything I'm able to do with that. And I love NFT God and I can do them both. So why not? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So if somebody came or not somebody came, if NFT God starts generating the same exact amount, right? Or at least half, let's even say half the amount that the full-time job is doing while you're doing NFT God part-time, would that make you reconsider and like get closer to be like, you know what, maybe I want to do NFT God full-time? Here would be the decision-making process. The decision-making process would be, I'd, I'd ask myself, if getting an additional eight to 10 hours a day will increase my earning potential by more than what I'm making in my job, then I'll quit my job. At the moment, I don't believe getting an extra eight to 10 hours a day will make up for what I'm losing in that revenue stream. And so, you know, I could be making a million dollars off NFT God a year. I still might not quit my job because unless I knew for a fact, like though that time will be better served and make me more money doing NFT God. Right. So that is, 
I, I know that's like probably everyone in Web3 is like, I got to go full-time Web3. I got to go full-time Web3. Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to de-risk. And by keeping my career, it's as de-risked as possible. I totally believe in NFT God. And I believe, you know, it is my life purpose to build it out. But that's my decision-making process when it comes to full-time That's a big statement. A million dollars and you might still stick to your full-time job. That's big. Oh, we're going to clip this one right here. NFT God is not going to quit if you offer him a million dollars. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I like the offer, though. If someone wants to offer it to me, I might consider it. I'm honestly really fascinated that you say that because your presence in the space looks full-time. But when you say you're only working part-time on it is like very fascinating and pressing. So I'm going to ask the question again, like what is the time organization look like for you? Like, is it specific hours in the day before, after, when is the burnout come? Do you feel burnout? Do you feel like the quality sometimes sucks? Like, what does it look like? No, I, I don't feel burnt out at all. I enjoy both of my gigs, uh, both my career and NFT God. Uh, I'm also lucky, and this might sound morbid. Um, COVID was a it, it opened up a lot of opportunities for me, right? Mm -hmm. It turned my career remote. It gave me the time to do things like NFT God, and so one thing COVID did was it it, it melded life and work, like that all became the same thing. Yeah. And so because that's a thing and now I work from home and life and work are the same thing, they all kind of intermix. So, you know, really what my schedule is, is I, I used to be a, a morning person. I used to wake up at like 6 a.m. like every day and like get a ton of shit Nobody done. Nobody three ways up that time. That That's over. So now here's my schedule. I wake up at like eight. I start work. I work until like five or six. And then six to 2 a.m., 1 a.m. is NFT God. So writing tweets, uh, replies, DMs, you know, calls, meetings, interviews. You know, I, I sell sponsorships for my newsletter. So I got to be doing business things and like reaching out to people. Um, I write my newsletter, which takes a couple hours a week. I write bonus newsletters now because I figured out every time I send out a newsletter, it gets more people into the community and into the premium tier on Substack. So I'm trying to put out more content now to get that revenue stream going. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's work from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. The good news is, is I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I enjoy the NFT God stuff a ton. I enjoy the career stuff. And so, you know, it, it's taking sacrifices, but I'm 32 years old and I don't have any kids. So like if I'm ever going to do that work 24 seven type thing, now's the time to do it, you know? Yeah. Cause once the kid comes, I don't think you're going to have time for both. No. So this is like the perfect time for me to be like attacking an online uh, cartoon monkey persona. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about the, the current NFT market right now, obviously. Well, actually before we dive into that. So it's been one year for NFT God. It's 2023. You just obviously announced and started kicking off your NFTs. So I want to learn more about that. And then tell me, where do you kind of see NFT God in the next two to three years? Yeah, so I uh, I announced my uh, NFT project recently. It's called 1% Club Rewards. So I have strongly disagreed with the way 99% of NFT projects have been used. Again, I think they've all been minted, created, and sold in a very short-term mindset. And so, you know, I started my community, the 1% Club, through my newsletter. And um, I don't believe token gating communities 
is a great idea. Why would I want to make my community exclusive? Why would I say, hey, you might be a really good community member. You might bring a ton of value and make everyone else here better people and want to stay more. But because you can't spend $5,000 on a picture of a cartoon animal, you're not allowed in the community. Sorry. Like that just doesn't seem good for anyone. It seems like very short term thinking like I'll only let you in if you give me this paycheck right now. It's very short term thinking. And so I built this and I wanted to build an NFT that does nothing but strengthen the community. I don't even care about it as a revenue stream. I want it to strengthen my core business. And so the collection, which is called 1% Club Rewards, it's a super limited collection, completely free. I mint one NFT a week for the foreseeable future. There's no like end date in mind. And that one NFT a week is rewarded to someone in the community. And so what I'm going to do is, you know, my brands and communities around building and growth, whether it's content creation, businesses, whatever, I'm going to have some sort of competition every week. Most of the time, it's going to be that content competition, write a thread, write a tweet, you know, film a video. And every week people will create content in the community for it. I'll choose the three best. And then the community is going to vote on which one of the three is the best. And I'm going to take that one NFT a week and give it to that person for free. Um, the art is going to be driven by the community as well. They're going to all submit art. I'm going to choose one a week. That becomes the NFT. So it's like created by the community. It's rewarded to the community. It's not a financial instrument. Like I'm, there's no expectation of price going up or down. It's purely to strengthen the community I have so that A, hopefully it's motivation for people to be more engaged and be stronger members of the community and B, keep them around longer because they want to be part of the competition. I view it as a win, 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 win for everyone involved. It's a win for me because people want to be engaged in my community and stay around longer. It's a win for them because they get rewards for learning and growing. Um, and just it's like a no-lose situation. If I build a 10,000 PFP collection of squirrels, right, and everyone pays for it and I make a sick bag of like $2 million, which is awesome, and I you know sail off to the Caribbean and then the price tanks, they all lose their money. They hate me. My brand's ruined. I got a quick payday. I probably blow it on a private jet and like it's just a lose, lose, lose for everyone. So this is a model I think is the future, honestly, of business, right? Like I think the future is NFTs as a reward, not a financial instrument. Like I see a day in 10 years where I'm watching Netflix and I get airdropped an NFT because I watched my 10th episode of what the hell ever docuseries I'm watching at that time. And it's, it's rewards to make people better. It's rewards to strengthen the core product rather than being a core product of like the whole ecosystem. And so uh, that's what I'm building out. I think it's nothing but a win-win for everyone. And I think it's going to just strengthen everything I'm doing. I like that. And uh, to answer the second part of the question, have you thought about like what NFT guys going to look like two, three, four years from now? Yeah, sometimes I get lost in my answers and I forget about the other questions. Um, I'm So I'm building a brand. Uh, the brand's name is 1% Better. So NFT God will always be me. Alex will always be NFT God. Like that's what my core audience knows me as. Um, and I don't want to alienate my core audience by changing my name to Alex or something like on Twitter. So I'm building out an umbrella brand called 1% Better because that's my passion. That's what I've built myself on is like helping people grow and 
as my slogan says, getting 1% better every day. And so my focus is building that brand. You know, I'm starting YouTube, short form videos, things like that. And I'm going to grow that out. And it's going to be more of an umbrella brand that's going to be bigger than just Web3. Like they're always like Web3 will always be kind of the culture and core of my brand. But I, I want to expand bigger than that. And I don't believe NFT God can go on YouTube and like get a mainstream audience with the name NFT God and the logo of a monkey. So 1% better is going to be my brand umbrella. Um, I, I plan on building out that. And so two, three, five years from now, it I'm still going to be the same person. I just hope to have this brand 1% better be a mainstream global growth and education brand. I love that. And I want to play the devil's advocate to your uh, previous comment, obviously, in terms of like, you know, the, the NFTs that you're building right now. It's something you said, I believe, on another podcast, which was like, you think a lot of the NFT communities in the space right now are going to die, right, within a year or two. Because the attention span, obviously, and the way they're built are very low. So my, my point of view is I disagree because the way I look at NFTs right now are it's kind of like the the new college club or the new pretty much your sports team right you're like university sports team that's how i'm kind of looking at it and it's like once you become a fan right of a specific team for example or a specific club you start wearing that sweater around the house once you start wearing the sweater around the house start telling your family then your family tells your kids right and then kind of it kind of becomes this cultural thing where you're all kind of growing up saying i want to go to michigan because my dad went to michigan because so on and so forth, right? So I'm starting to kind of look at at least some, right? A very small amount of these NFT projects. And that's how I feel like they're starting to look like and build towards to. And the founders that do understand that are going to go a long way. But I think a lot of the other NFTs that are just strictly community, I also think they will survive more than the stuff that don't have community. So what's kind of your take on that? Because I believe community is actually the most important part of the NFT projects that we see right now. I agree. I think we agree on a lot more points than you think. Um, community is something that Web3 has revolutionized. Yeah. Uh, I think it's community is now a business model. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in Web2 and Web1, it was more about building audiences. Yeah. And in Web3, it's about building communities. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue. And maybe how you interpreted my, maybe where the misinterpretation or I not misinterpretation, but where, where my yeah, statements right. came from is I do believe some projects are building cultures, mm. but I think 99% of the projects, cultures, and community are built on people praying the price goes up. And uh, almost every single project I've been a part of where the price went down, the community died. Like yeah. people just stopped caring. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I do believe there will be communities and cultures that survive, like communities that build really strong cultures that are not dependent on price go up, like those will survive. But I believe that's about one out of every 100 NFT projects, maybe even less than that. So I say 99% of projects will die, maybe more. There will be projects that have that. But I think, you know, I'm just like looking down my Discord. I have like 200 graveyard servers I'm a part of because people got together on mint day this is going to the moon. And then a week later, it goes down to 0.03 ETH and there's no one left in the server. Um, so I think those will all die. And I think that's a vast, vast majority of NFT projects. 
Yeah, very well said. Okay, that, that's a perfect setup for the next question. So talk me through some of the biggest L's you've taken, and then we want to go into some projects you're bullish on in this space. Biggest L's I've taken. All right, here's my the, – the two biggest L's I've taken are – one is Clonex, okay? So I bought Clonex at like 15 ETH. I was so unbelievably bullish, and I still am bullish. But I'm, I'm not bullish on the price. I'm bullish on the product. And what I mean by that is, is like, I thought the best, the, the NFT projects that will survive, and actually, I, I, still think, I still think this is true, are the ones that have like true business models, right? Like ones that take in revenue and use that revenue to build a business and strengthen the business and deliver more value and product. And so I looked at CloneX and I thought, okay, they're owned by Nike. They have a true business model. And like on top of that, like they started creating clothes, like, you know, artifact clothes. And if you had it, you can buy this exclusive clothing. I'm like, okay, so this is like a true business model. You, for holding this, you get access to exclusive merch, cool Nike shit, things like that. And I'm like, it's an NFT with a business model. This is going to succeed. This is going to be awesome. So I buy a clone X. My thesis plays out exactly correct. The only issue is instead of price go up, price go down because people, they so they start releasing cool exclusive product and selling it. But it turns out people just wanted it for free, which is like not how businesses work. And so they sold off the clone X's because it wasn't like a Ponzi scheme. And so here's where I went wrong is the, is is it is a really good business model. I was right about that. The issue is is I bet on it being a good business model. I should have bet on what the other people would think because it's not the business model that determines the price in NFTs. It's what people think of the business model. And it is very obvious that the NFT community is not looking for business models. They're looking for Ponzi schemes to make free money. And so moving forward, I'm only going to bet on Ponzi schemes. <laughs> Great financial advice. The reason why I was laughing when you first started that, because I literally, and you can't make this shit up. I literally bought Conex at 15 E, same exact thesis. I'm yeah. like, dude, this is going to work. And I was actually one of the people who went in and spent a fucking another ETH or two buying merch. Because I was like, you know what? I took L on the Conex. Let's see if the actual sneaker can sell for two, three X, right? Once it comes out. And yeah, here we are now. So there's only two things that matter. No, I take that. There's only two things that matter in NFTs and crypto. That's one, Ponzi-nomics. How am I going to extract as much money out of this ecosystem as possible? And two, hype. That's it. That's the only two things that determine the price of an asset in NFTs is are they building sufficient hype? And is it making me free money? Nothing else matters. That is it. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the culture forever. To be honest, I really don't see people saying, "Hey, I want an NFT for the for the utility." Like they scream yep. utility, but deep down, yep. you know, everybody just wants to make money. That's the only reason deep down you're really here, and it's clear. Like the reasons why projects like Yuga obviously always wins because they're always giving you value. Yes, they're building a great community, or they had a they have a great community at this point, but they're also at the end of the day paying their fucking people hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's enough. That's more than enough to tell you for the next year and a half, 
you're going to fucking represent us very hard as fuck and you can't complain. And here's the issue with that is NFTs will never go mainstream because of that. The general public does not want to gamble on pictures. Like they just don't want to, like they don't care. They want their hard earned money. They want to put it into a 401k. They want to put it into an index fund. Not everyone wants everything they buy to be a financial instrument. Right. And so I do believe NFT technology will go mainstream where, you know, title deeds and properties and like all these things, DeFi, like all like NFTs will be powering them, but no one will know that's NFTs behind them. And so NFT technology will go mainstream. What won't go mainstream is the financialization of pictures of animals that won't go mainstream. You know, our parents are not going to be going online one day. Going, Ooh, wow. Uh, stoner, uh, stoner emu yacht club is uh, looking good today. I'm going to like, no, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I remember like growing up, like I used to just wear t-shirts of fucking animals on my, on my, like on my shirt and my parents would be like, what the fuck are you wearing? Like, go get a plain shirt. Go get something that's successful. So imagine telling, like, I remember I told them when I started buying NFTs and my mom swear you not almost fainted. She was like, did you spend how much? And it's like, you know, just the thought of that. It's like, dude, there's no way it would go mainstream at these prices for these specific reasons. And do we really want to live in a world where everything we buy is like a gamble? Like, do I really want every dis- purchasing decision I make to be like, is this price going to go up or down? No, no one wants, that's a stressful life to live. So it, it, like there'll always be a strong NFT web three culture that I'm shitting all over it this entire interview, but I'm a part of it. And like, you'll be like a lot of people, millions of people will be part of it, but it's never going to be like, let's onboard the mainstream. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know what, I, what I've noticed is the people who really enjoy web three are the people who bought into communities or projects that they just don't care about the price anymore because they just actually enjoy being in that specific space. So if you yes. bought a penguin, for example, I enjoy being around penguins, right? <laughs> I'm saying this on a fucking camera. You know, if you bought <laughs> you know, a monkey or a god, you just enjoy being around that circle and what that circle provides to you. So you don't really care at this point if the price goes up or down. You just stop looking. Yeah, and that's like... When NFTs power products and people are buying them for the product itself, the experience, and maybe the product is a community or whatever it is, then the NFT will be successful. But if people are buying it as a financial instrument, it's not going to be successful. At that point, it's just gambling. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Well, let me ask you this. Since you've spent $40,000 on a monkey, have you bought any other NFTs that have gone up? Or do you have I bought, Yeah. So I have, I've made my NFT career on two winning trades. Uh, I've had a hundred bad trades and two winning trades. Uh, and trust me, the bad trades out, not like they, they're worth more than the winning trades, but I had two monster winning trades, which is fun. Um, my two are creeps. Have you ever heard of creeps? Of course. I actually plan to bring on Joe on the podcast next week, hopefully. So. All right. So don't, don't play him back this, uh, portion of the show. So I bought, <laughs> Um, like pre-mint or, or like the uh, mint pass. So like not post reveal or whatever, like the mint pass. I bought like 20 of them wow. for like 0.3 ETH. And uh, I'm like, it was like the first project to like 
just airdrop free coins for holding it. Like no one was doing that yet at that time. And I'm like, they're just giving away free crypto. Like people are going to like this. I'm buying the hell out of this project. I think people like free money. So I'm going to invest heavily in this project. And so I just bought a ton and my thesis turned out to be correct. And it went up to like 10 ETH each, which like my bag got to like over half a million dollars. Like it was like 750 K. I didn't sleep for like a week straight. Like all I did was lay in bed with like the creeps open seat page on my iPad. And like my girlfriend would turn around and be like, what are you doing? You've been doing this for a week straight. I'm like, the price is going up. I can't go to sleep. The price is going up. Uh, and like the coin itself, like the coin you got for free went to like 60 cents. I was making like $10,000 a day Holy for like God. two weeks for free, Holy. like just 10,000 airdropped for free. I literally did not sleep. I'm not, I'm not, that's like not even hyperbole. I didn't sleep for a week straight. All I did was stare Where at the price. Sitting the charts. <laughs> like I, my, I did this with a buddy who made the same investment and my buddy calls me. He has like a kid. He calls me, he's crying. I can't believe it. I'm going to pay for my kid's college. This is like, my dreams are coming true. This is amazing. Um, it's at that, here's advice for the audience. It's at that point, you should be selling everything. Yeah. When you're on the phone crying about it, that is your top signal. Sell everything. Wow. Uh, fortunately, I still sold, you know, not at the top. I think like at like six, five or six ETH. So it's still like a really nice bag. Um, but like it went from like a house to like a car, a decent car. Yeah. Bro, which is still went down 40%. He's like, okay, I'm here. I'm happy here. But like, I, I look back on my thought process and it's like, but I just thought I was going to print $10,000 a day for the rest of my life. Like, where's the logic in that? I was so blinded by the euphoria. It was insane. Like, so that was that was my biggest win. Uh, great project, great community. I took my profits and ran, um, but still, I'm like still friends with a lot of people in that community because uh, you know Joe's a great guy, great founder, a lot of cool people in there. Uh, but that was that was my biggest win. Crazy. Do you feel like you're in debt to that community somehow? Like just because you made a big bag off of it? Or no, I do. Not only that. Uh, but because I started NFT God in that community. So like, it was like the first project I bought after my mutant ape. And like, I got into the, it was like the first community where I like, I was like in the discord, like every day chatting and hopping on spaces and in like voice chat grinding. and like doing that whole thing, grinding. I was a discord warrior. And so NFT God, like, got to a thousand followers in a couple months because of creeps. Like I, I, I think there's an NFT God anyway. Like I, I still think my content would still be noticed, but I, I, a lot of those guys were supporting me when I was like nothing. And I'm always loyal to my day one people. So uh, I do owe a debt of gratitude to the community. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody feels like that off their first bag. Like if yeah. you don't, then it's like, you're just cold. You're a very cold blooded person. <laughs> Where did the name NFT God come by, by the way? Like how much thought process and creativity went into that? Here's the thought process. I buy the monkey. I'm like, I got to do something with this. So I go on Twitter. I, I click create a new profile. I'm like, what is the most obnoxious head turning 
name I can pick. I want a name where as people are scrolling, they see it, they stop and go, what the hell is going on here? Who's this guy? Who does this guy think he is? And so like I made like a list of like 10 names. I think number one was like NFT Jesus, but I think that was taken. Uh, I think number three was NFT God. And so that was a, the first one available on the list, registered it. And then it's, it's the end of the story there. Do you, yeah. um, do you feel comfortable like buying into any projects right now and holding for the next 12 months? Like what projects are you? Looking for? What's I think uh, the last purchase I made was like a month and a half ago. I bought uh, a piece of art by an artist called Grant Yun. He has a, he does a bunch of one-on-one -on -one art, um, but he has like two open edition collections that have like 200 pieces in it. And I'm a really big fan of his art. Like I just like his art. And so I bought one of his editions of like 200. It was like the cheapest NFT you can buy from this artist. Like a lot of his one-on-ones go for like 60, 70,000, $80,000. But his open edition one of like 200 was like 1.7 ETH. And so I think art is the best utility for NFTs. Like it's like the only actual utility that nfts improved right like i don't think nfts work as like a subscription service or anything like that um it doesn't actually improve it but it does improve art and so um i'm a believer in art and so i wanted to take a bet on him i think art's gonna last forever i think prices will only go up long term and so i bought his it, luckily the price has over doubled since i i haven't sold um but that is from a drawback I'm excited for it to draw back and then I hate myself for not selling. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm betting on art right now if I was to bet on anything. Nice. I like that. Um, yeah, art's been like a huge matter, especially with the art blocks. I mean, I see the friendship bracelet, the, the friendship bracelets, 37,000 supply and they hold the same floor price. That's something I've, I've never seen in my life. That's insanity. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't understand that. But art, like what I love about art is like it doesn't need like a Ponzi coin. It doesn't need like utility. It doesn't need a metaverse or a video game. Like you just like the way the pretty picture looks. And so you buy it. That's that's what I like about it. Have you, have you ever collected art before, like physical art as well or no? I mean, I got like this art right here, which is like a print of a Basquiat. So like I collect fake art, I guess. Really? I don't know, but I've never like gone to like a gallery and be like, I need a, you know, an original piece. Yeah, of course. I've never honestly gone inside. That's my definition of art right there. Like beer bricks up top. I don't think you can see it. But I have a that's art cause and stuff, but that's my version of art. Yeah, sure. That's art. I mean, anything's art if you want it to be. You know? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want can be art. Um, I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but I think uh, to kind of, you know, let go of this or exit this out. So obviously around anything you do, there's always going to be FUD, right? And I've now I've started to notice like a lot of times under your comments, you're starting to get more and more of those people. And I think sometimes it gets really frustrating and you really want to fucking respond and say something, but you don't, right? So how do you kind of deal with the FUD or the haters, if you want to call it that? And like, you know, what's kind of been the mental strategy there? If you're confident that you're being your authentic self and being a good person and like not wronging people, then there's nothing anyone can say to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I get FUD, like your content stinks or I think this thread's stupid, right? Like 
<laughs> but I'm just being myself and I'm like not scamming anyone. Like I'm just creating content that's trying to help people. And so it did bother me at first. Like when I started getting bigger in like June of last year uh, and someone would flood me, I'd go, what the, the nerve. <laughs> and I'd be like angry and, and like I'd respond and like, and then I just realized like, these people are just jealous that I'm like putting in all this work and they're like not capable of putting in all that work. Like, that's it. Like, why else would you just hate on a random person you don't even know? Yeah. Like a person who's just like giving advice, like helping, trying to help people out. And you're just going to go out to them and you suck. Like, how could that do be anything but other than come from a place of insecurity? So I real, I kind of realized that. And now I just laugh at those people who like, listen, if a person's scamming and like being an asshole, then they deserve you know, heat and, and all that. But like, if you know, in your heart of hearts, you're just being a good person and being kind, then screw the haters. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. I'd like to do this thing before the uh, podcast ends. It's like a little exercise. So the first one is three things, kind of like the fuck, Mary kill NFT edition or web three edition. So one thing you would hold forever, one thing you would buy and flip, and then one thing you wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole. It could be a and from point. like an NFT yeah, perspective, point, but I think it's, it's honorable to do NFT because you are NFT God. So, so I got to choose MFK of NFT collection. Exactly. Is that what I'm doing? Yep. Pretty All right. Much. Let me just pull up OpenSea just to get a refresher on what the, the kids are buying nowadays. <laughs> so MFK NFT projects, uh, Mary, uh, crypto punks. I, I think the last Ooh. forever. I think they're a, a leveraged bet on Ethereum. Basically, if Ethereum lasts forever, CryptoPunks will only go up. Yeah. Um, which NFT am I going uh, say it. to to fuck? Um, let's see. Uh, Azuki. I like the art. Oh, I, I like, like the art. I like that. I think it's the best art in NFTs. Yeah, I think it is too, honestly. It's really fun. But I'm not willing to put a ring on it. No, I I'm not willing to put a ring on it. Yeah. You know? It's it's sexy, Azuki, it you know? It can get you out of tequila. You're like, that's the one. Azuki is like the one you, you stare at at the club. Like, yeah. you're just like, and your friend's like, what are you doing, dude? You look like an asshole. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Absolutely. but it's really good art, man. I think it it's looks really like good a really art. good time. Azuki is a really good time, too. Yeah, and like the community seems like they're fun. Yeah, you know, I'm not really really willing to spend like twenty thousand dollars to join it, but you know, it looks like it's fun. That's so, a good choice. I like that. That's a really good choice. And then the one to kill. The, oh man, someone's gonna be pissed at me here. Let's see. Um, let's just go ahead and uh, kill uh, Board Ape Yacht Club. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> Kill board apes, brother. Yeah, You're getting funded after this one. Yeah, yeah. Go right. Bring it on, everyone. Bring it on. Screw it. Alex I'm killing board ape yacht club. Alex is ready. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna hit you with some some more of these then, and you just tell me yes or like this or that, pretty much. So Bitcoin or ETH, which one? Uh, Ethereum. Okay, seals or penguins. Seals or penguins? Um, Wob talks to me a lot more on Twitter than whoever leads the penguins. So Wob. Okay, there we go. Sappy Seals Nation. Another one. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Solana versus Polygon. 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Polygon because Nike's building shit on there. And I like Nike sneakers. I like that. This is again. This is another good one. Daily Dose, Ryan Carson, or Morning Show at Nick and Pio. Oh, I'm really good friends with Nick and Pio. We, we get dinner regularly. They live like right near me. They're like my neighbors in Brooklyn. So uh, I got to be loyal to my guys. I like that. And then last one, Moonbirds or Doodles? Uh, I got to go Moonbirds because I just like vibe with – I love owls. Owls are my favorite animal. And like if Moonbirds didn't exist, I would definitely create an NFT collection with like owls in them. So I got to go Moonbirds. I like that. That's it, bro. Anything else you want to wrap this up with? I, I like that. That last part, I think, was very juicy. So that's good. Uh, go ahead. Hit him. Uh, yo, it's been fun. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, build something. Go out there, whether it's a content or something, just build something. Make for something for yourself. Start a side hustle. So uh, that's what I'm trying to do. But it's good talking to you, man. Good talking to you, too. And if you need any help building, feel free to check out NFC God. We're going to link him below. Discord 1% Club. I'm also in there as well. So feel free to check that out. Subscribe to our newsletter. We'll see you guys on the next episode.